0: Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa Life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman.
1: Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa Life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The Spa and Spa Life, the SPA, is for seek power always. That power within you to do your greater work here in the world. I am so honored to have my special guest today, Dr. Fern White, who's a mama, a dental surgeon, boss lady, yoga and embodiment teacher, high-performance coach, and keynote speaker. She coaches and mentors hundreds of female dentists and doctors from the USA, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Europe, and UK through her online programs, retreats, and workshops. Now, she also helps them focus on how to stop stress and make more of their life from a place of abundance, joy, and energy. Dr. Fern, welcome to the show. Thanks, Diane. Good to be here. Well, it's wonderful for you to be here with us. And I would love to share your obsession because you have this obsession about helping medicine women to bring more femme to the healing space. Um, of Western medicine. And you help them in like three different ways um, from helping themselves first, healing their patients with heart and healing their teams with heart as well and leading them from that place. I'd love to hear more of what fueled this obsession and how you're making those shifts uh, in the Western world. Yes. Well, Diane,
0: it always starts with me first (laughs) and what happened to me actually about 10 years ago when I, I mean, I've been a dental surgeon for about 17 years now and, you know, it's not an easy sort of ladder to climb doing in the medical world. And what happened was I came out of dental school and I always knew I wanted to have my own business of some sort. And I really studied hard, did all the things that you needed to do. And then, And 10 years ago, I'm actually a little bit more now, but I bought my own clinic. And unbeknownst to me, just because you're a great practitioner or a clinician doesn't mean that you have much business acumen and knowing how to look after a team and run a business. And before long, even though I looked super successful on the outside, I was making more money than ever, but I was also working six days a week and the seventh on any business things that needed to be done. Uh, Very soon, actually, I was just pushing my body, pushing everything that I had into the business. And before long, of course, the body just falls apart. And I had a major breakdown within six months of purchasing my practice. And that was through a mix of actually doing the the clinical work. So I was working six days a week with my patients and dentistry, as we all know, it is a pretty intense profession in some ways or form. And there's a lot of contorting the body and a lot of stress because we're dealing with a lot of patient stress as well. You know, there's not a lot of people who love coming to the dentist, unfortunately. (laughs) And so you're dealing with that. And then I'm also dealing with staff turnover because I'd inherited this practice from a 75 year old retiring man who was very different from me and ran his clinic very differently differently. And so suddenly I had this massive staff turnover, team turnover, and I was just in pain all the time. I was so stressed out and just thinking about Um, work, even when I wasn't at the clinic, I would have this excruciating face pain, jaw pain, TMD issues with my joints, neck pain. And I'd be working under a cloud of pain a lot of the time and keeping a very beautiful facade on the outside to my patients and to my team and to my family until it all came to a heads one day when I got home and I received this phone call from A man who was actually the husband of one of the nurses I'd actually had to fire recently and he was super abusive on the phone. I came home by myself. It was a hard day of work, you know, a 12-hour day and I got home and that phone call was a tipping point and I just felt my whole body, like I dropped the phone and I felt my whole body crumble and I was having—I thought I was having a heart attack, actually, because I was shaking and contracting and on my floor for literally a few hours by myself and just trying to breathe. But I realized afterwards it was a panic attack. And that actually breakdown, that big breakdown actually set me on a path to saying, hey, actually, things need to change here. And the biggest thing that needs to change is actually myself because I was just giving, driving, very masculine, like from a very masculine world, healing patients, but just seeing them and just seeing them very quickly rather than having any major connection with them because that was how I was trained. And it right. just really shifted from there and I started to invest in myself and go out and find my own mentors and coaches and really dive deep into what, I, what really mattered most to me. And is this, you know, the money and the status and all of that, is that what matters most? Or is it actually, you know, something deeper than that? So I went on this massive quest. Right. And right. yeah. Now, and before then... we
1: go into where you you popped out of this, you know, here in this place where, you know, you're feeling you know, disempowered. And, you know, I really want to speak to our listeners right now because you know, this time right now that people are going through in the in the pandemic, people are having panic attacks. They're feeling the stress of years of not listening to their body, not taking care of themselves. And so this is so present to what's happening right now. And, you know, I even look for when, you know, I was a police officer and I worked undercover, you know, I was also having times in my life where I was being undercover even in my private life, you know, the parts that we don't show people, we don't let them see. And so I love that you're presenting the aspect of, you know, it looked all great on the outside. And when things are breaking down on the inside, you know, there can be some shame. There can be some like, why is it why is this happening? And then you, Somebody yelling at you on the phone that comes, you know, a perfect storm of everything coming to a head. So I think it's so important for our listeners who may be in this place right now because of all the shifts and change that are happening for you to, you know, speak into how you started to bring yourself out of that. You know, you started talking about, um, you know, the self care and looking for mentors and helping. How is it that you went from that, that breaking point into really you know, claiming your power and shifting from a masculine way of doing business to a more feminine way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my background also, I didn't tell you, was I was a refugee from Vietnam after the war. So I was brought up in a very strict migrant Catholic family where study was the king. And that was all I was had to be focused on. And so my parents instilled in me this deep, deep sense of discipline and drive. And the fact that my worth is always measured on my output you know, and that's what my beliefs were. And they were deeply ingrained in me from a very young age. So that's really what set the groundwork for all of this to happen and for me to actually go bam and realise that a lot of the beliefs in my head were actually not my own. They were actually beliefs or the shoulds from other people's expectations from a very long time ago. And really on that floor I realised I just, I had this epiphany, and I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes you actually have to. I had to be in so much pain because before then I was just suppressing it, like you know, um, with my addictions. And addictions could be just eating, or exercising hardcore, or just taking analgesics to stop the pain and not listen to my body. So in that in that respect, that pain had to be so intense for me to actually wake up. And in that moment, I remember thinking to myself or just asking, like, what do I do now? What do I do now? I don't know what to do, you know, because I knew if I continued in that same trajectory, I would actually die. That's what I felt like at that point. And sometimes it feels like that. And really in the midst of that, this, this, my voice, which was probably, you know, came to me and it said, Fern, change you, change you. That's always the power that you have is always changing you. No matter what happens on the outside, rather than blaming, rather than being a victim to what is going on, rather than feeling like I've got no control, the control that I can take back is actually here. And it was with that epiphany, and even though I'd heard this so many times, you know, I hear it all the time, but it all—it had to come from this deep sense of grief for myself and realising, like, actually, no, I'm going to have the courage this time to get out of this and take control of me. And so I think at the end of the day, that was my big sat nav in always going, okay, no matter what happens out there, how do I change me? How do I take responsibility for how I feel, for how I react, for how I think? How do I stop that stress right now? That is because it was all about the stress. The stress makes me, and I say this to my clients, the stress, it makes us stupid. It makes us scarce. It makes us sick. Right. It makes us and I say it makes us sexless because we can't feel our bodies. We can't feel the pleasure that inhabits this body. And pleasure is one of the greatest antidotes to stress. And so I was under so much stress that there were all these facades of me on the outside that weren't really me, where I was acting from. Mm. And I couldn't feel me deep down. And so once I eliminated that stress, that was the first thing. Because in a state of chronic stress, I couldn't possibly even think about how do I change my mindset or how to change this because the reptilian brain, that amygdala just completely takes over and completely hijacks all your systems. So the first thing that I had to do was go, okay, I need to get obsessed about how to reduce my stress and what are the stresses in my life? How am I reacting to them? And the biggest stress was actually the way I think, the way I interpreted everything. You know, that ability for me to filter what I was seeing through my lens of the world and change that filter. And of course, I needed help. It was was not me, you know, and I had to go out and search for mentors and coaches and immerse myself in investing in me, not my business or not just my patients or not even my team, which I thought was what needed to happen. Like just invest in more business and more instruments and more equipment. No, it was just invest in me because I'm the greatest instrument in my clinic.
1: Right. And what great awareness to really kind of step out of that, especially when you have such uh, extreme pain. I think nothing gets our attention more than that. And sometimes the level of what that needs to be where your body's like, you know, hey, you're gonna listen to this, you're gonna listen to this, and it just keeps expanding till you actually do something about it. And so I think this is such a, a great reflection of what's happening in the world right now where people have maybe just been putting up with how their health is and, you know, what what's your immunity and what are you going to do different to really fortify our own health and take responsibility for our own health? Because that is the only thing that is really going to shift, you know, this hoping for someone else to come up with, um, you know, this, a magic cure or any of these things that are out there, you know, we have to look at how we're going to look at ourselves, right? Because each of our bodies react to things in different ways and for us to really invest in ourself, um, is such an, an important thing to do, and I love where you're speaking about the mindset and what is what is being said, and and what is some of the self talk. And I'd love for you you talk about dialing up uh, your voice, whether it's a cheerleader voice or a critical choker voice. Talk a little bit about that, about dialing up the voice you need. Yes, well, you know, I started to realize
0: that. Most of us have two voices. Well, a lot of us have probably more, me included. But I usually categorise them into two voices in our head, and these two voices I call one is called the critical choker, and a lot of the time you, we think that voice is ours because it's been ingrained for so long, and it comes from this you know reptilian brain of ours, the amygdala, whose sole purpose is for us to survive and self protect. You know, it's trying to do good by us, but in the same vain, it's self-destructing because the threats that we have right now are not the threats that we had when we were in our hunter-gatherer days where we actually could die. You know, the threats at the moment are the ones that are just what we perceive in the world. And of course, the body responds the same to that threat with adrenaline and cortisol. So this critical choker voice that we often listen to has a lot of shoulds. It often sees the negative in everything. It has this negative bias whereby, you know, it's primed to look at negativity so it can actually survive and self-protect. And it constantly criticizes people outside in the world and it also criticizes you, most of all. So it's a super shaming twist that says, hey, you're no good, who do you think you are? You're never gonna get out of this, just stay small. And it keeps us in this box Because it thinks it is protecting us. So, this critical choker voice, you know, I'm sure we all have heard it, and it creates this armor around us and this armor that thinks that it's going to protect us from everything that's harmful in the world. But at the same time, that very same armor is stopping us from feeling our hearts and everything it means to be human as well, you know, like love, joy, and connection. And so then you have. Well, I have a cheerleading voice and I call her a champion cheerleader. And, you know, a lot of the time I visualise her as my little four-year-old self with pom-poms and everything is amazing (laughs) with this little, you know, like if we think back to how we were as kids when everything was possible and everything was fine and no worries, you know, and the imagination is huge and we can do anything, uh, it's it's sort of, it's around that age group. I've got a five-year-old daughter and her imagination is wild right now. And I look at her and I think, okay, well, she constantly is cheerleading, you know. She's cheerleading until she gets other people's influence in her, you know, telling her that she could fail. But the cheerleader voice has an incredible ability to reframe everything. So every situation, nothing has meaning except the meaning that we give it. Nothing in the world has meaning except the meaning that we attribute it. And so this cheerleader is able to reframe every single situation that we see into a gift, into an experience that challenges us and grows us. And so, for instance, like with this pandemic, it's like, okay, well, the choker's saying things like, oh, no, you're your business, you'll never survive, you'll, you'll never come out and everything will be in turmoil and you'll get sick and you'll die, you know, so stay safe and hoard and get that toilet paper so no one else can get it, right? And it's that voice of scarcity, whereas the cheerleader goes, you know, actually, no, this is the time for actually introspection, some white space to be able to spend with your family, with your children, even though it may be crazy sometimes. This is probably the only time you get to actually see them and be with them and be present with them in this capacity. It'll probably never happen again. And, you know, this is the time for you. And this is the time for us to like really think differently about what matters most to us in this world, you know. And it cheerleads you on, no matter what project or what, no matter what thing you fail at. It says, you know, this is amazing. You're learning from this. You're learning from this. So just go get them. And it's, it's, it's simply really as easy as that. Like I, I didn't realize how. Easy, but also how difficult it was because my life for so long had been overthrown by that critical choker that was my voice, that were parents' voice, that were everyone telling me, you know. And unfortunately, those habitual patterns of thinking are so deeply ingrained that in order to not fall back into that rut of thinking, it's just continual practice and commitment to say, no, actually, in that space, you always have a choice. And often we do it unconsciously and we start reacting, right? But if we can just breathe and pull back and go, actually, in that space for one second, who do I want to move to? Who do I want to dial up? And every time you dial up that cheerleader, it becomes more and more powerful in our heads, you know, and that's, yeah, that becomes a new way of thinking. And it takes time, but it's worth it.
1: Yeah. Now I love this. I mean, it's it's so important, and I love uh, you know. Of course, there's many other voices that can be, but I love the you know polar opposites because it allows you. Are you are you more on the cheerleader side, or you're more on the critical side? And when you have awareness around where you are, then you can make better decisions and and you know ask yourself um, better questions. And you know I love this because you know people are they're home more and they can decide what this experience is going to be for them. And if you are watching the news 24-7 and you're scrolling with like the earth is you know chicken little, the sky's falling and all of those things, then you go into more of that critical mode. And not going from a, a Pollyanna place, but from a how can this serve me? How can I do things better? How can I be with my family? I, I love that approach because it's important to know, hey, we have a choice in these things. It may feel like a lot of things are being dictated about how you're living in your daily life, but there still is a lot of choice, and we have to really exercise those choices to really stay in a positive frame of mind, so that we can see things from a different perspective. And so this leads me to um, think about one of the things I love to ask my um, guests, especially now that people are staying home more, is that um, our environments, what we create in our environments. Uh, has an effect on our experience. And we have a different experience in our home versus, you know, in our bedroom versus our living room versus our kitchen. And so I'd love to know what is your favorite room in your home and why?
0: My favorite room in the home? Well, actually, I'm very lucky because right now I'm on our coastal property, which has 14 acres of land, Australian bushland. So uh, we're extremely lucky in isolation to have this ability my favorite room in the home is actually uh, this room that I'm filming in right now, and it's my my bedroom. But I've also turned it into a studio because I'm not in my proper city home office right now. And it's it's a place where I get to my husband and I, we have separate, we we have separate rooms, you know, that we have call our own. So we've been married for, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. But yeah, and it's a space where I can come down. I have I've set it up so that I have my little morning ritual. I have a little altar where I put candles and flowers and change it up every day. I have my sheepskin skin here. But all of these little areas remind me that I'm my own person, but also brings me back into the femme as well. So I actually don't do any work work per se in here. Um, it goes out into a little nook of the kitchen out there where I can. But this room is a little bit of a sanctuary for me where I come back. And I just get to decorate it however I want, you know, and it's really important, I think, to have that space, particularly I've got my husband and I've also got my daughter as well and it's not a huge family, but it's enough, you know. And I think it's so important to have that space, like to find if you know to find that small space, even if it's a nook in the house that is yours that you can put a little altar in, and that you can. I've got my tarot cards in there, and I just have my journal there as well. And it's special to be able to retreat back to that place and know that it's your little safe space in this in this isolation period.
1: Yeah, it's so beautiful. I've been sharing with some of my friends and clients like if even if you have to claim a closet as your own, you know, or or you know, a bathroom where you can close the door for a while. I think it's so important to claim your own space and and I so agree. I love having like my own room and bathroom where I can just be in my space and the things that really fill me up because it is so important to uh you know, take care of yourself. We talked about the journey of of self-care and how important that actually is. So I love that that is your, your favorite space and that you've created this sanctuary. So that's, that's beautiful. And I know that as part of your journey, because of the, the pain that, that you experience physically in your body, that you've created something called uh, Free Your Face. And I'd love for you to share about that and how you have utilize that not only for yourself, uh, but for your clients.
0: Yeah, thanks, Diane. Look, generally my my clients are usually medicine women is what I call them. So I'm trying to basically help. I, I really believe the FEM has this huge impact in the way that Western medicine has to heal. And not just the FEM through female, the FEM in men as well, you know, because too often Western medicine is so overloaded with very masculine patriarchal way of being, which is not conducive to health at all you know it sets the patients up to be in their fight or flight mode and they're in that in that nervous system mode they can't heal properly you know they can't be empowered they shut off into trauma as well and they get you know very sore jaws and tight necks so one of the things so i was going off on a tangent because most of my offerings have actually have been directed towards medicine women female health care professionals doctors dentists etc however this is the first time i've been on a lot of you know, podcasts and things recently where we talk about jaw tension because I treat my patients over the last, you know, 17 years on relieving jaw tension, but not in the medical way of just looking at like jaw joints and things like that or TMJ dysfunction. Uh, What I've actually really realized is that through my own journey of pain, where once upon a time I had so much excruciating jaw pain and face pain and headaches every day and tension in my neck and shoulders, which really derived from stress. And it was stress-related jaw tension, which a lot of people I'm starting to realise have, and I'm seeing a lot of younger people have it too in this day and age. And of course, that leads to a whole bunch of things, you know, from a dental point of view, from cracked teeth and ground down teeth and all sorts of issues in there. But essentially, we're under this cloud constantly if we're in pain and we can't operate and find joy in our lives. And we're just barely operating a lot of the time. So we've just actually, me and my team have finished, just finished filming and recording a course called Free Your Face, which is actually open to the general public for the first time ever that we've done this. And it's a simple course that basically helps you rather than having to go to the osteo and the physio and the dentist constantly to relieve pain in the face, it actually helps you empower yourself so you can do it at home very easily and actually talks about the etiology or where it spans from because 90% of headaches in the face is actually due to muscular contraction. And so we've got all these muscles in the face, like the masseters and the temporalis and the pterygoids and all of these guys here. And anytime. Anytime we're in a stress response or we're anxious and literally I say anxiety is energy rising, like when we're anxious, we feel everything come up here. And what I mean by that is that energy has to be used because usually anxiety is related to thinking a lot and worrying a lot and stressing in the future. And so literally all that energy comes up here and it, you know, conglomerates around the face. And when we do that, we contract, you know, we naturally contract uh, because we feel that we need to self-protect. And so we contract these jaw muscles constantly without even realising it. and in under tension and contraction constantly, you can imagine what happens to any muscles that fatigues. And a lot of the time my patients get that and they come in and they're so they're so in so much pain that they can't think. So of course, um, from a medical point of view, actually what I learned to do was help patients with muscular pain by stopping the cycle by injecting Botox into the face which was what I had years and years ago, which was one of the only modalities that I found could stop that pain cycle so that I could start changing myself. But my hope is so that no one needs to have Botox in their face because it's one of the most toxic <laughs> things of it. Okay, this is not a out for Botox at all. But, but essentially my hope was that in creating this course, people would realise that first of all, it comes from stress. So how can we free our face first of all by the way that we think by the way that we just release tension. And a lot of the time we're constantly so many more muscles than we need to in our neck, in our shoulders, in our face, even like notice yourself brushing your teeth or driving. And every time you think all the contractions that go on without you even realizing it. And unfortunately then those neuromuscular, you know, the contractions create this neuromuscular patterning in our brain that tells us we're stressed. And so then the brain releases cortisol and adrenaline and then it goes back to tightening and it just keeps going over and over and over and then we have pain. And by the time we have pain or tension, there's already a lot of damage done. So so what I really want to do is highlight what are what's the etiology? What is the cause of this uh, jaw tension most of the time? And of course, it could be other medical things. So I always say, please advise if it's, you're getting acute pain, it could be a whole bunch of other things as well. But In essence with this particular course around jaw tension, how do you release that and relax that first and try and create that as a habit? And then I talk about how do you also then be able to touch yourself and touch trigger points and manipulate the jaw so that you can actually self-massage and relieve some of the issues there. And I honestly believe a lot of it is around emotional baggage and pain and fat and you know, and I do a bit of myofascial release that I teach. And that actually frees up the locked emotion in here which can often be rage and anger and
1: resentment. Yes. I, lo- I love that this is more of a holistic approach because there is the medical model. You know, you talk about the Western model where it's like treating the symptoms, but if you don't ever look at, you know, what are the the root causes that happen, you're going to keep in that, that circle of pain. And so, you know, the body always gives us feedback as far as what we need for support. So I love looking at that, the totality to help, with that for people, and um, it's great that it's now available for the general public, besides you know the, the medicine women and I love to in, in the way that you are being a positive disruptor in dentistry to have people look beyond like ways that they can actually help heal themselves and to trust their their inner wisdom and inner knowingness. I think it's so important that sometimes, so many times we'll, we'll give our power away to someone else when we really, if we listen, can be that conduit for our health, for ourselves. So I know that our listeners are going to want to stay um, in contact with you and would love to know um, how they can do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, look, that Jaw Tension course is actually both for um, medicine people and for the general public because it teaches medicine people how to be with patients so that they can actually heal their patients with heart and help them relax. Because a lot of the time when you're at the dentist, Diane, I don't know about you, but I know I've been in the chair, and before I know it, I'm in this clench contraction, you know, and then by the end of it, I'm exhausted, and that's why people, I think, hate the dentist so much, right, Um, a lot of the time. (laughs) it empowers them trauma it is trauma because you're actually penetrating you know physical trauma and then there's also the emotional trauma that keeps reliving itself through childhood etc and then also for the general public on how do you empower you so that when you go to the doctor or dentist or have a procedure that you don't you don't actually like how do you get into a state of so much relaxation that you're not traumatized by that and it can actually be dare I say, pleasurable sometimes, right? <laughs> we're moving into great territory there, but that's my next aim. How do we get this so pleasurable? And the mouth is a gateway of an extreme pleasure, by the way. And we talk about that a little bit too, you know, because I really feel pleasure is the antidote to stress as well, which we're not tapping into. So uh, yeah, everyone can find me on... I have my website up www.drfernwhite.com and in there you'll be able to find the course Free Your Face as well and then of course you can find me on Insta Dr Fern White and I do daily doses of a lot of free stuff on stress uh, on, on Instagram and also Facebook Dr Fern White as well.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I love that you're sharing this wisdom and you know, people can start taking control of their own health and be more proactive with it. So I so appreciate you being on here. And also for our listeners, you know, thank you for taking the time to be here. And as always, community has become that much more important for us to be connected. So whatever platform that you're listening on, please ask any questions, put in any comments, and make sure that you tag both Dr. Fern and myself. We'd be happy to answer any from you. And then I'll have um, all the details to get a hold uh, of Dr. Fern. And there will also be a, the free guide in there for the Reset Your Power gift uh, dot com, and that will be in there as well because any type of tools we can have to empower ourselves and to really make the most of looking at things from the positive side, right? That cheerleading voice that will allow us to really expand in the way that, uh, that we want to and make impact. So until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. Bye-bye.
0: Your host and spa life curator, Diane Halfman wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehalfman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.